Our second lesson comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 5, verses 1 through 7, and chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. We're continuing in our sermon series of prophetic word, and as I said last week, the prophets speak using all sorts of literary devices of metaphor, of simile, of symbolism. And you'll see that again in our scripture. So listen for a word from God, from the prophet Isaiah. Let me sing for my beloved, my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah judge between me and my vineyard. What, what, what more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not already done in it? When I expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and it shall be overgrown with briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his pleasant planting. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed. Righteousness, but heard a cry. Now a shoot shall come up from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see. Or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, for you are the great gardener, the great cultivator. We pray this in your name. Amen. Last week in our prophetic word, the prophet Hosea painted the picture of God through the metaphor of a parent of a parent who calls towards their children. And even though the children wander and do not heed the voice, God still calls them children, still calls them beloved. This week we have the prophet Isaiah who is speaking to the nation of Israel right as the Assyrians are about to come down from the north. And he comes to bring a word of judgment but also a word of hope. He's speaking to the kings and the rulers of the time. In this first section, he paints the picture of God as a gardener or as a vineyard dresser. How God places the vineyard in fertile soil so that roots may run deep. 
how God has cleared the stones away so the soil is ready to receive the grapes, how God has placed the vineyard on the side of the hill so that it gets perfect sun and drainage. In a word, God has put all this work into preparing a place for Israel to grow. All the work has been done. Conditions have been made perfect. All the grapes need to do is grow. But as the text says, the grapes grow wild. And the Hebrew is a little funky, maybe a more accurate or translation that we can understand better. They produce rotted grapes. Grapes that cannot be used for anything. Grapes that cannot be used for wine. Grapes that cannot be eaten. The garden has become tainted. It's become destructive. It does not produce. And so it is stripped bare. Vines ripped from the ground. The hedges that adorned it and made it beautiful were removed. And the beautiful vineyard becomes nothing. Back to fertile soil. Isaiah is a prophet. He's bringing this news, this warning to God's people. God's people have received so much. God has prepared a place, has given them a unique blessing, has called them God's people. They have received blessings enough to share. But instead of sharing their blessings, instead of caring for the world, instead of being a light to the nations, instead the people have chosen a hermeneutic or a viewpoint of scarcity. They've hoarded their own blessings for their own interests and their own selfishness. Previous in our text, Isaiah rails against the pride of the abandoning of the poor, of the abandoning of God. That people have come to the point where they are worshiping themselves as gods, thinking that their blessings have come from themselves and their own hard work, and not from the God Almighty who has called them to something greater. And so pruning must be done down to the roots. There must be a stripping down, a taking down to the bones. It's a truly terrifying scene, this ripping up of a beautiful garden, all the beauty that is replaced by barren land. Church, we have been given so many gifts by the Lord, our God, both as a community and also as individuals. And the question is, how are we using our lives to bring the love of God into the world with the many blessings that God has given us? How are we bring, using our time, our money, our gifts, our abilities, our resources, so that we can live out the two greatest commandments, to love God and to love others? Are we creating a garden where there is fruit enough to eat or we going wild because if we are not providing fruit perhaps we need a stripping down a re-examining about who we are and who we are called to be when a garden is stripped away and there's only dirt and weeds and thorns it's hard to imagine how something new can grow how can anything grow from this mess? But then comes the second part of our passage. 
a shoot that springs up from the stump, a shoot that springs up from the roots of a tree, a tree that has been hewed, a tree that has been felled, the magnificent tree that is no longer there. It seems like death is the only thing that reigns, but God says, no, there is hope. There is something new growing. There is hope for justice and wisdom and delight. Church, if you look around you and all you seem to see is a barren world where nothing seems to be growing, I promise you that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the world's story. That's not the end of your story. That's not the end of God's story. God's story is a story of cultivation and growth and regrowth. God's story is a story that even when we have been stripped down to the bulbs, we continue to grow and make beautiful flowers. Even when we've been taken down to a stump, a shoot continues to grow, promising a new tree, a new garden, a new vineyard. God's story is the story of redemption. God's story is the story of reconciliation, and we are a part of that story. God's story is the story of justice, saying part of reconciliation and redemption is making sure that our brothers and sisters and siblings don't go hungry, that they can live in dignity and not be oppressed, that we must be reconciled and build new communities and new lives. And how can we know that this is God's story? We know this is God's story from the beginning of the passage when we are called beloved. For the God of the universe has written a song for us where we are called love. Nowhere in the ancient Near East do the gods call their worshipers beloved. Nowhere in that time did the gods call their worshipers children who they loved even when they disobeyed. But this is our God who calls us into love and calls us to strip away the things that are preventing us from growing, to strip away the things that are preventing us from thriving, to strip away the things that are stopping us from becoming a beautiful garden. Have you ever been in an old house that needs to be stripped to the studs? The drywall cannot be saved. The floor is rotting, or perhaps it has that old laminate, or laminate that flooring that's peeling up. The water pipes are leaking. The electricity is outdated. You must tear everything out and start all over again. And in a house's most gutted state, if you walk through, it can be quite sad. As you walk through the house examining the dirt and the dust, the concrete floors and the exposed joists, you think, how can this ever be livable again? How can this be sustainable? Surely this house cannot be beautiful. But there's something in us. God has created us to want to see redemption, to see something old be transformed into something new. That's why I think we have an entire channel on cable committed to this remaking of houses on TV. Something intrigues us as humans, that fascinates us, that we are called to. 
There's something in us. How can an old forgotten house or an unusable room be transformed into something unexpected, something completely new? Something that when people walk in, they think, how can this be the same of what it was? But this ability to remake and reform, to make beautiful, to regrow, to build, this is what the Lord God is doing in each one of our lives. This is what the Lord God is doing in the world. This is what we've called, been called to participate in the world. We do this through the gift of Jesus Christ, who is the great gardener, the true vine, the magnificent creator. God creates new life in places that we think are barren. Where there is desert, God brings rain. Where there is a stump, a forest can grow. Where a forest has been burned, new life springs forth from the ashes. New plants and new beauty. If you're feeling run down, church, because of sickness in your own life or in your family's life, if you're feeling tired because relationships are heavy, if you're feeling disappointed by the decisions you've made or how you've treated others or how you've been treated, if you feel the weight of the world, if you feel like you're not making a difference with your time, if the world feels too dark and barren, come to God. Come to Jesus Christ. Lay it before them because Jesus Christ is the one who brings new life into the world. The new life Isaiah tells us about comes with wisdom and understanding a spirit of counsel and might, a spirit of knowledge. Jesus Christ brings both mercy and justice, hope and renewal. Church, in the dust of our lives, Jesus Christ brings living water. In the desert of our lives, Jesus Christ creates an oasis where life can thrive. Come to Jesus Christ. Come to the Lord God who is the parent you need to be loved by and the gardener you need to cultivate and to grow in your life. Come, for the Lord God loves you and is expectantly ready to stir new life in you wherever you go. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.